When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry today. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. We're doing an hour and 30 minutes today. Chad and I are going to be tired. We're going to do everything we can because right after we're done at 4.30 Eastern time, game three, the NLCS between the Phillies and Diamondbacks. But, Chad, I got us pumped up a little bit before the show got started. Had a little boogie down production in South Bronx, South Bronx to take us back to the day back in 1987. So we ready to go for this shorty today now. Oh, you, you brought a smile to my face with the music. You know, I'm old school hip-hop all the way. You and I are similar ages. So to have that discussion, literally, yeah. how hip-hop went from a – five borough phenomenon in new york to a worldwide phenomenon and billions of dollars that it is now uh-huh. it was great to kind of just relive the the history of hip-hop with you freddie coleman to start uh us, our pre-game for the show i'm gonna have you share the story the story you shared with me about you know borrowing against your future allowance to go see a certain <laughs> concert tour from your mom share that right now for those who, don't, who didn't hear that uh, story all right so yes i am old enough to uh, have participated or gone to see the fresh fest wow. which was a uh multi-act hip-hop thing in the mid to later 80s. I went to see them at the Long Beach Auditorium. Uh It was a gangster fest out there. It was fights all (laughs) over the place. I never told my mom about that. Oh, boy. But but in order to get these tickets to the Fresh Fest, I had to borrow against future allowance. (laughs) That's how young I was. Right now, Mark, right now, Mark Morales, our guy behind the scenes, has no idea what allowance is. It's bad <laughs> if he doesn't know what the Fresh Fest is. He heard allowance. He was like, what, what the heck's an allowance? What do yeah, you mean an allowance? That's something for our age, Freddie. So I had a brawl against future allowances. <laughs> I think I got 10 bucks a month or something back then. Right. So I had to go like three or four months into the future. Mom, I got to go to Fresh Fest. You got to let me do this. The dog poop, the yard, the trash, all that. Just take care of, Mom. Let's make it happen. There are plenty of people out there right now going, yep, 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 did that, did that, tried that, didn't get away with that as far as that goes. Barry against future earnings going from your mom and dad. Man, oh, man, that takes everybody back, whether you were there or whether you were not there. You can always be here anytime you want. Hit us up anytime you want to Dr. Pepper. Call online at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, because that's a good thing, but it's not as good as. The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. Chad, I'm hoping for an out-of-side matchup on Sunday Night Football, 820 Eastern Time on NBC. Two 5-1 teams looking to make a statement. You got the Dolphins at 5-1 about to go into Philadelphia, take on the Philadelphia Eagles. They are also 5-1. I'll throw this question at you because you play in the NFL 15 years in the NFL. You know about statement games or people trying to make statements. Which one would be a bigger statement for who? If the Eagles beat the Dolphins or the Dolphins beat the Eagles and why? I think if the Dolphins beat the Eagles, it'll solidify them. This, uh, the combined record of the Dolphins' opponents is five and twenty-four. So mm-hmm. obviously, that's not good. And so, folks are able to chip away at the Dolphins' offensive success this year by saying, "Oh, well, you haven't really played anybody." And I always push back on that. It's like it's the NFL. Amen. You don't understand the margin between the worst team and the best team is still very small in the NFL. And as we can see on any given Sunday, you can get an upset. I don't think anybody had the Browns beating the 49ers last week. Or the Jets beating the Eagles. Or the Jets beating the Eagles. So when those kind of things happen, it just speaks to the planned parity of the NFL. The NFL is structured this way. Unlike college football, where the best team then gets the best recruits every year, in the NFL, the best team picks last. The worst team picks first Mm -hmm. outside of, you know, 
possible trades and things like that within the draft. But the structure is to allow parity and to allow the, the worst team never to be too far behind the best team. So when we're talking about this Miami Dolphins team who put up, what, 70 points just a couple of weeks ago against the Denver Broncos, I think there's a perception that they're just kind of a, a one-trick kind of thing versus the Eagles, yeah. who obviously have a, a power component to their game. They play a little bit more of an old-school football thing. I think it's a little bit more identifiable for fans. So I think the Dolphins have the chance to make the bigger statement with the win. I love what you said about the NFL, and it can be very easy to use opposing records and make that dance that they haven't played anybody or they played people because people fail to understand what you exactly you said, and that's been the beauty of the National Football League. Each and every week, there always seems to be a game you say, oh, we're going to find out about so-and-so. We're going to find out about so-and-so. Is so-and-so as good as I think? Is so-and-so as bad as I think? It's always been the beauty of the NFL that I think has been magnified more than ever before because there's so many teams that you look at and say, man, they're going to run it. They're going to run it. They're going to run it. They're going to run And these two teams fit that category. And I love what you said about it's a bigger statement game for the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to go the other way. It's a bigger statement game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll have Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, help me out because he said, this is why we need to get back to where we're used to being. You turn the ball over four times, you shouldn't expect to win. Plan on doing a better job of that as a team. You know, those guys are great players. They know they made mistakes. I know I made a mistake. Um, we all know we make mistakes, but it's about how you respond to it, and we have the confidence in one another to respond. They've spoken for themselves on that, so there's no need for me to comment on it. To me, it may not be as much of a bigger statement game for the Eagles, Chad. It may be even a bigger statement game for Jalen Hurts. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's had more turnovers so far this year in the first six games than he had all of last year when he had 22 touchdown passes and ran for 13. And in my opinion, this is based on what I've seen. And that's one of the beauties about having Sunday ticket that I'm able to, you know, not just pitch and patch. I can, okay, what, what happened here? What happened there? He's trying to be perfect. He's trying to be too perfect. He needs to go back to that guy that I saw last year. He wasn't worried about being perfect. It was about what's going to be the perfect play at this moment. What's going to be the best play for my team in this situation? I think at times, and Dan Olowski, and I give credit to Devin Kane, our producer today. He pointed that out. Dan Olowski on Get Up This Morning said, man, he is holding onto the ball way too long. And he's right. But I also think he's trying to wait too much for a perfect play or for a perfect route or to make a perfect throw. In modern football, you ain't got that time of time to wait for a perfect play, a perfect route, or a perfect throw. And I think that has really hampered Jalen Hurts along the lines of having a new offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, now the head coach, Indianapolis Colts. He's got Brian Johnson. They haven't been able to find their groove yet, but I think a lot of that lack of groove from Jalen Hurts, Chad, in my opinion, is that not only holding on the ball too long, but waiting for things to be perfect, and those things don't happen in an imperfect NFL. If a quarterback's holding on the ball too long, it means he's thinking too much, and it's going to sound crazy because we all want our quarterbacks to be cerebral and thinking guys, but in the pocket, it's got to be not less, not thinking, but more of reacting to what the defense is giving you. The thinking happens pre-snap. The thinking happens in the huddle. The thinking happens at the line of the scrimmage before the snap. This is what coverage I'm seeing. This is where I think I should go with the football. And then once the, the snap happens, the play should reveal itself to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're waiting, to your point, Freddie, for things to be perfect, you're going to be waiting too long. And when a guy like Lane Johnson goes down and Jack Driscoll's playing tackle for Lane Johnson, then he becomes a turnstile for the Jets pass rushers. Right. And you have a Jalen Hurts four interception game so those kinds of things he's got to find a way to get back to reacting once the ball is snapped do all your pre-snap thoughts mm-hmm. you should every player should have a ton of pre-snap thoughts situation on the field down in distance who's playing us who's on the field all those things should be happening pre-snap but once the ball snaps you've got to rely upon your training and your instinct to take over so you're not thinking during the play you're just reacting to these certain cues yeah. that tell you what to do as a pass rusher i wasn't trying to think my way through a pass rush okay. the offensive tackle told me what to do right he turned his shoulders i spun back inside he stayed flat i took the edge okay. I, I wasn't thinking he revealed to me what i was supposed to do and that's what jalen hurts needs to do against this dolphin secondary they're going to tell you where to go with the football you don't have to think it through it they show you where to go with it let us know which win would be a bigger statement for either team chad thinks it would be a bigger statement for the dolphins if they win i think it would be a bigger statement for the eagles if they win let us know right now triple eight say espn 888-729-3776 be a part of the dr pepper call the line what win would be a bigger statement for who? Eagles, if they beat the Dolphins, or the Dolphins, they beat the Eagles? 888-729-3776. I'm going to go back to something that you said about how cerebral the NFL has really, really become. Yeah, you have to be talented, 
You have to have intellect. You have to have the right kind of coaching, right kind of habits. All those things come together. But I tell people all the time, as fast as this game has become in the NFL, and you can even put that on college because college is now at warp speed when you played at Colorado back in the late 80s, early 90s. It's at warp speed now compared to when it was back then. But even mentally, it seems like it's at it's like Mach 39 now when it comes to the National Football League that things happen so fast that you're not able to think quickly on your feet or improvise or have that cerebral about you before plays happen. You really can get a team lost. You can lose a game or have a season go that way. I can't remember the NFL, Chad, being this fast mentally that we see seemingly week after week, no matter what team, no matter what record, no matter what quarterback, no matter what coach, I can remember the NFL being this fast, this mentally, ever like this in 2023. I would agree with with that statement. And at the same time, we are facing, I believe, a beginning of a new era of football Mm -hmm. where the players are not practiced enough to be able to handle the way the game is played. So we are seeing – Players make mistakes that are, you know, seem un- incomprehensible for us at home because things are happening fast out there, and because the off season from the NFL is different than it ever once was. You're allowed 14 padded practices with 17 regular season games. Right. How am I supposed to be a good tackling team? So all these changes to football, some of them are that are outside of football with CBAs and things like that, are affecting what we're seeing on the field. The halftime or just before halftime Tom out by Sean Payton playing mm-hmm. on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs allows the Chiefs to kick a field goal right before halftime it was one of the dumbest coaching errors I've ever seen it was just dumb <laughs> he actually admitted in the in the postgame presser he lost track of the down so it's more than just the quarterbacks who are suffering from this right. I believe every player and every coach is limited with the offseason workouts with padded practices with the amount of time you could spend at the facility mm-hmm. with limits the same limits in college football limits in spring ball that we're entering a new era of college or of college and pro football where the product is going to be less strong it'll still be incredibly entertaining because we all love football right. and at some points maybe even higher scoring because of these errors but it's not as well coached and as well played and as well understood with as high of a level of football IQ as it once was five or seven years ago. And it's not even me with an old man get off my lawn moment because right. I played forever ago. This is just the inevitable result of these rule changes that have been put in place to make the game safer and quote unquote better. It's chipping away at the strength and quality of the football we see out there. Chris in Florida, thanks for hitting us up here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman at 888-729-3776. Chris in Florida, which has a more statement win for whoever wins this game? Is it for the Eagles or is it for the Dolphins and why? Uh, it's for the Dolphins by far. I mean, they haven't played with only one top-tier team, and that's the Bills, and they obviously couldn't beat them, and everybody else that they've beaten has not really had a good record, so um, yeah, I think the Eagles are struggling, and it would be an important win for them. But if you're talking about bigger, it's got to be the Dolphins. Yeah, I can't wait to see how the Dolphins handle this based on what he just said. I still think it's a bigger statement game for the Eagles because people thought we were going to see this Eagles team be a lot better, even look a lot better, even though they're a 5-1 and football team. People keep nitpicking with the Philadelphia Eagles. They win a game like this at home. It's a chance to put those skeptics back at least for another week. But to Chris's point, the last time the Dolphins were in this situation – Buffalo went out there and punched him in the mouth and punched him in the head and punched him in the eye. And the next thing you know, they're in a fetal position in the corner. And they said, you know, no mas, no mas, no mas. A same kind of physical Eagles team. And, Chad, you mentioned it. The way they got embarrassed on that offensive line by that Jets defense that pushed them around. We had not seen that against the Eagles offensive line. The last thing they want is to have a team coming into their building after what happened seven days prior to and have that happen again with another AFC East team the way the Jets were able to do that and win that ball game last Sunday at, Met, at, at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Absolutely. And for the Dolphins, they got to find a way to, to start fast. They started slow against Carolina. You know, they were the yeah. worst team in the league who's trying to just figure out how to get Bryce Young going. That's their main goal in Carolina. And Miami struggled in that first quarter. So they won the final three quarters, but they, you know, were uneven. So, again, I, I think my previous statement about some of these 
things happening in football has led to some of these teams that we think of are as incredibly talented yeah. or as good teams uh, playing an uneven brand of football. Right. Uh, now it's still, it's, you know, we are not very deep into the season. And at some point, some of these top five teams that we think of as top five teams, the Lions, the Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the 49ers, are going to begin to go on a run and get things clicking at a high rate. But right now we're still in that question phase of, are you as for real as you seem to be because you haven't played anybody, Miami Dolphins? Are you as for real as you once seemed to be last year, Philadelphia Eagles? And can we count on you to be that team that you were last year where you physically blew people off the field? Keep weighing in on Twitter. You can do that. Chad Brown, 94, and Coleman ESPN. Bigger statement win for who between the Eagles and the Dolphins? Is it a bigger statement win if the Eagles do it or if the Miami Dolphins do it? Let us know. Chad Brown, 94. And at Coleman ESPN, got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas today on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Now, Devontae Adams will love for us to be talking about his team in that way, having a bigger statement win when it comes to Las Vegas Raiders. They've won back-to-back games. That does mean that Devontae Adams is on the good ship lollipop when it comes to that. I mean, it's a work in progress. Obviously, we're going to continue to work through it. But, I mean, I'm a human being, and I have extremely high standards for myself and this offense. So, it's, to me, it's not just about, you know, I'm sure people thinking like, you know, well, they won the game, they won the Packers game, you know, why is there an issue? I mean, you see why it's an issue. You, you know, y'all should know who I am, know what I'm about at this point. So it's not about, you know, when, when, you're, a, when you're a player like me, mentally, it's, the, my benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have the, uh, an influence on the game. And that's, like I say every week, that's the, my purpose for being here. I'm not here just to hang out and, you know, like I said, come here to hang out with Derek and all of that stuff from last year. Came here to win and to, to do it the right way. So if, I mean, if it don't look like it's supposed to look, then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated if I'm not a part of that, that plan. Chad Brown, the floor is yours. Mm, man, Devontae, I feel you. I understand the frustration that comes when you're – not uh, as big of a part of things as you would like to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, early in my career, I, re- I remember walking out of that Steelers locker room and into that family waiting room area, and my wife or my parents would be like, you, you, why you look upset? Well, you know, if I had eight tackles, I wanted to have ten. Okay. If I got one sack, I wanted to have two. And I was so – not that I wasn't – not that the winning wasn't important – uh, and I wasn't stat-driven. I was driven because I wanted to, like Devontae, to be great. Mm-hmm. And at certain positions, your greatness comes through your stats. Okay. And so it wasn't, it wasn't until I got to Seattle where we were not as successful as a team as we were in Pittsburgh that I began to realize this whole thing is about wins. Mm-hmm. And it ain't about my stats. It's not about my glory. It's about winning. And every time we win, I need to be incredibly happy because it is hard to do in the NFL. And I had somewhere got it all twisted up that I didn't enjoy the win. No, I I wasn't going to Coach Cower and demanding more opportunities to rush. It wasn't anything like that. I just had such a high standard set for myself Mm -hmm. that I could not separate my disappointment from the fact that we won. And I think Devontae's a little like that here, but clearly he's also implicating Mm -hmm. that – we I need we need to win, but it's got to look the right way. And in his mind, as he's expressing this, the right way is by me getting a certain number of balls. In the last two games, six catches for 74 yards and right. no touchdowns. That ain't the right way for Devontae Adams. Yeah. It's got to be the right way for him to be happy. So with the trade, trade deadline coming at the end of this month, i got to imagine that Josh McDaniels hearing these kind of comments mm-hmm is beginning to talk to the GM and say, hey, maybe this is something we've got to do because we may not be able to keep this guy happy. And it's an interesting thing, the NFL locker room. Uh, The bottom five guys, which doesn't mean the bottom five players. It means the bottom five guys from an attitude perspective, if their voices grow too loud, they will rip that locker room apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that before. It's not so much the stars – talking about this or guys at mid-level stars, always those guys that aren't getting enough playing time are always unhappy, and you don't want those guys infiltrating the mindset of your locker room. And I'll go back to something you said because I'm with you. When I first heard him say that, I know the average Joe and Josephine will say, what are you complaining about? Your team is winning. It's supposed to be a team game. These are also the same people I'm going to tell you this. If that was happening at your job, you wouldn't be happy. If right. the job is succeeding, but yet you're not happy in your role in your position – you're not going to be the best teammate. You're not going to be the best employee. So to try to make that a real-life situation, 
You can't throw it at a player saying everything's good while you're complaining because we heard plenty of people complain about their jobs, even though things are going great, but it's not going great for them. That's not saying that things are totally bad for Devontae Adams. But he also looks at that and maybe says, man, I don't know about this shelf life with Josh McDaniels. I wonder how much of what he said was a message to the general manager saying, you know what? I don't know about this guy. I know he's brought the Patriot way, but he ain't got Tom Brady to throw me the football. That Patriot way worked pretty well with number 12 and Bill Belichick all those years. But the disciples of Bill Belichick, when they tried to employ the Patriot way somewhere else, they couldn't bring Tom Brady with them. Whether it was Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame, Romeo Cornell in the National Football League, and Josh McDowell's getting a second chance. You can make the Patriot way work, and it worked because Tom Brady elevated everybody's game. If you don't have that dude that can do that, you can't expect Devontae Adams to do that. He needs somebody to get him the football. That is something I wondered the minute that they moved on from Derek Carr and now there was no buffer between Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams because that does not look the part when you look at a guy like that. And I'm sure Devontae Adams, I mean, I came in to play with Derek Carr. And Derek right. Carr was more than adequate. And now the guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, and now according to Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, he's not going to play on Sunday versus the Bears out with a back injury. So if he thought he saw less targets with Jimmy Garoppolo, it may be even worse on Sunday against a Bears, bad Bears team with a backup quarterback. Chad, I wonder how much of what he said was a message to GM to say, I know we're winning, but, and the but that I got in my mind does not seem to be sustainable enough for me to say, I'm going to keep quiet, even though we won our last two games in a hard-to-win situation with the Raiders and in the NFL. For Devontae, you left Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, where you were clearly the focal point of that offense. And now you've gone to the Raiders, and things haven't gone well from a, from a winning side, and they're not going well from a personal side. So, yes, let's find a new home for me, someplace where I can win and I can put up some great numbers because yeah. I'm not helping this thing move forward here with six catches over two games. Mm-hmm. I've got to be more involved if you want me to be a part of us getting into the playoffs. No doubt about that. Great stuff by Chad Brown. In for Harry Douglas, joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry. Always be a part of Freddie, Freddie and Harry Nation. Let us know, would a win be a bigger statement for the Eagles against the Dolphins? or the Dolphins against the Eagles. Let us know on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up at 888-729-3776. That's 888-ESPN. By the ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. We'll take a look at what you have to say about that. And you're going to find out who said this about Giants head coach Brian Dayball. Here's a guy that was coach of the year for good reason last year. The reason he's coach of the year is because his players bought in. And is he right? Keep it here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. You're going to hear who said that Brian Dable could lose the locker room if he keeps this up as a Giants head coach. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. But getting a lot of great responses from you out there at 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 
would a win be a bigger statement for the Eagles if they beat the Dolphins or the Dolphins beat the Eagles? My man Chad believes bigger statement for the Dolphins if they beat the Eagles. The last time in this situation against the Buffalo Bills, it did end well for the fish. They had a chance to get squished up by the Buffalo Bills. For me, I think it's the Eagles. The Eagles have a lot of concerns from outside their organization, even though they're 5-1. and one. A win against the Dolphins, and those people have to shutty for at least another week. One of our favorites is Roy the Truck Driver. Roy, which game is a bigger statement win, for the Eagles against the Dolphins or the Dolphins against the Eagles and why? Hey, it's got to be Tua. You know, the Dolphins in the last 10 years, man, are 80 and 83. Jalen been doing better than that, and he's a good quarterback. But let Tua have some love, man. I want to see this track team run all over these guys. I'm not kidding you. The very first play, Freddie, I would send Tyreek straight up the daggone line and just throw it to her. He'll catch it. First play. <laughs> I love when people bring numbers. 80 and 83. He brought numbers to the table. Did his research. I love it. Yeah. How about that? I mean, he yeah. agrees with you. I mean, he said even for Tua, as far as that goes, Chad. Yeah, I mean, after the, the season last year that, that Tua had, it mm-hmm. didn't appear to be, you know, number one, it wasn't a great passing season for him. True. But number two, you know, the your base ability as an NFL player is always going to be your availability. And that be, came into question with the concussion issues. And his ability to take hits as an NFL quarterback, added the weight, put on some muscle, mm-hmm. and manipulating the pocket better. And clearly this offense under Mike McDaniel's uh, mm-hmm. incredible scheme and in play calling has exploded in ways and turned into a track meet, as Roy was just talking about, that we I don't think we've ever seen this focused of, a, of an attack on a secondary right. that the Dolphins pull off week in and week out. Yeah, especially the 4 by 100 team. Even the running backs could make the Olympic relay team in Paris yes. next year, how fast those guys are. Trevor in New York, would it win be a bigger statement for the Eagles versus the Dolphins or the Dolphins versus the Eagles and why? I think it's going to be a bigger game for Jalen Hurst. He's playing the quarterback that he was benched for in the national championship, the quarterback that basically chased him out of Alabama. Like, that can't sit well with Jalen Hurst. He's got to want some get right. Man, I like that, going back in history, because those two have a pretty symbiotic relationship. Even Jalen Hurst talked about that. We're always going to be boys no matter what happened, and both of those two have kind of lived up to that, even when Jalen Hurst went to Oklahoma. But you don't want him, if you're Jalen, you don't want him, if you're Tua, to get another one up. Now that you guys have your own teams in the National Football League, and also, by the by, Jalen Hurts has not looked like the Jalen Hurts we saw last year. He's been average, a little bit above average, and that's not going to fly on Sunday with two on the other side with that track team he has with the Miami Dolphins on offense. Yeah, I think between the two quarterbacks, I think Jalen Hurts is under more pressure than than Tua. Uh, Okay. Yeah, and I think the caller's got a good point. No matter how well a fringe you are, no matter how well you've wrapped your mind around what happened at Alabama and, and all of that, there can't help but be a competitive spirit. Whenever I played one of my CU teammates in the NFL, mm-hmm. whether they were on the opposite side of the ball or they played defense, well, if you play defense and I can't hit you on the field, then I want to be the better defensive player on the field that day. So when I see you in the offseason in Boulder, I got something to say to you. <laughs> um, and if you played if you played offense, hopefully I got a chance to blast you because uh-huh. I want to have something to say to you. So there's that competitive <laughs> spirit never goes away. And oddly, sometimes even gets turned up a bit right. when it's somebody you know so well and is one of your better friends. Yeah, that's a great point. Trucker Jay in Spokane, Washington, break the tie. Would it win be a bigger statement for the Eagles? They beat the Dolphins or the Dolphins if they beat the Eagles and why, Trucker Jay? I picked the Dolphins over the Eagles, but more importantly, it's important for Tua, not just as being the Dolphins quarterback, but for his career with the Dolphins. I mean, he's been hurt. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. It's been questioned as he's the future of the Dolphins quarterback situation. If he lays a goose egg, all those questions come back into play. I love that because Tua, he was the one quarterback coming into the season that had more questions than anybody else. And the majority of that chat had nothing to do with his talent, had everything to do with could he stay healthy. And if he can't stay healthy, what kind of decision will the Miami Dolphins have to make after the season? He's been as right as rain so far. Even when he's got knocked around a couple of times by having a Buffalo game, he's popped right back up. And now he's about to go into the medieval house of horrors, known as Philadelphia and that defense and that fan base. He survives that and plays on wins that ball game. All of a sudden, maybe that's not a question, Chad, anymore for Miami regarding him being their future quarterback as opposed to being the present quarterback and only the present quarterback in Miami for Tua. Yeah, you know, but I hear what 
Jay is saying, and I hear what, what you're saying, but when you compare fan bases and which fan base is going to have the ability to get under a player's skin, mm. Jalen Hurts and that Philly fan base versus two in Miami, I think Miami is happy that they are where they are. The fan base is excited about that. Yeah. Philly, the fan base is not going to be excited unless they're hoisting the Lombardi, Lombardi Trophy. Right. And Jalen Hurts can be great but does not bring home a Lombardi, then they are going. he is going to be a disappointment to that fan base. I think Miami's fan base is operating through a different lens and, and looking at things through a different lens. So from a, at least from a local standpoint, okay. I think Jalen feels far more pressure, particularly with the start of this season, than Tua's feeling in Miami. Because if he's not playing well early, unlike down in Miami, if Tua's not playing well early, they're kind of hoping that he writes himself. If Jalen Hurts not playing well early in Philadelphia, there are going to be some boo birds out there that will let it be known exactly how they feel about that because that's not something they want to get used to. Keep weighing in on Twitter. Bigger statement win. If the Eagles beat the Dolphins or the Dolphins beat the Eagles, let us know on Twitter at Chad Brown 94 That's Chad's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. Thanks for joining today on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. It's time to take apart people that we care about and some that we are like, meh, about. Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take? How hot? Red hot. Find out now. And we start with Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL Anthem. When he was on Greedy, he talked about Brian Dable and the New York Giants. One in five to start the season. Rex Ryan says, if this keeps up like this, Brian Dable could be in trouble. Here's a guy that was coach of the year for good reason last year. The reason he's coach of the year is because his players bought in. And they listened, they did all those type of things, and he got them playing with a certain type of spirit that we hadn't seen that a giant team play with in a while. If you keep blaming your players, they're going to turn on you. To me, you run the risk of doing that. Chad, is this a good take or a hot take? Uh, Rex Ryan, uh, I'm not always a fan of some of his takes, but this take is absolutely correct. As an NFL coach, there is absolutely no benefit to publicly blaming or shaming your players in the meetings, cuss me out. Dog cuss me. Tell me how awful I was. Put that red laser pointer on my back on when you're watching film. Make me feel uncomfortable in the meetings. But don't do that publicly. We're all in this together publicly. We're all supporting each other. You cannot point the finger at me as a player. It undermines your authority as a coach when you do those kind of things. I'm 100% with both of you guys because and I'm really surprised that Brian Dable is doing that. I really am. I don't know if he's feeling kind of internal pressure. Maybe not, much for, not so much from his team, but the organization. But that was very surprising, especially the guy that he has really been bent at has been the quarterback that your team decided to give $82 million in guaranteed money for 2023 and 2024. I'm really surprised that we've seen that kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde from last year to this year when it comes to Giants coach Brian Dable. Jeff Satter, ESPN NFL analyst, when he was on, on Sportsman like this week with Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle Smallman. Don't forget that show, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio. He says there's one team in the NFL that has the most question marks. And that team is not the Dallas Cowboys. I would probably say the Eagles. Mm. It's two coordinators gone. They're trying to figure out who they are. I think they are the second best team in the NFC. But like Jalen Hurts has to figure this thing out with a new coordinator. Understanding check downs matter. Like if you looked at that and Sirianni has to be, in my opinion, a little less aggressive. Coach's coach, he's an aggressive coach. He always has been, and you do love that. But there are days where you ain't got it, and you saw that. (laughs) You didn't have it, right? Let's just find a way to get out of this thing. Chad, is that a good take or a hot take? Uh, the team with the most question marks, they're 5-1. and one. They're a top-five football team no matter what power rankings you look at. I don't see them as the most question marks. Do we need to see more for them mm-hmm. to keep them in the top five going forward? Yeah, we do. This weekend against Miami is going to be a big test of all that. But the most question marks? No, I- I'm not buying that one. Yeah, that's a hot take. And you know why? Because there are two teams that have more question marks than that team in their own division. One's right. called the Dallas Cowboys, and the other's Correct. called the Dallas Cowboys. That's just the way that, that goes. <laughs> as long as Dak Prescott doesn't look the way people think he's supposed to look. And uh, Jerry Jones keeps talking about their contender for a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. I believe in him and as their quarterback. That's always going to be the team in that division that will have the most question marks. Meanwhile, staying in New York, Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, when she was on Sportsman-like, she said the most important player for the New York Jets – now they won back-to-back games and feeling pretty good about themselves? Is somebody not playing? I actually think that, offensively speaking, Aaron Rodgers is the most important person on this team. Bigger than Nathaniel Hackett. Bigger than the head coach. Mm. Because his presence, knowing that he's on the sideline, knowing that he has a headset out, knowing that he is literally Zach Wilson's idol, 
Like, let's be clear. Like, Zach Wilson is looking at the guy he has admired his entire life. And that guy is in your ear. He is texting you. He is, like, giving you, like, little pep talks and stuff like that. Good take, a hot take from Kimberly A. Martin. As much as I want to push back on that, yeah, this guy who's not even in in uniform Mm -hmm. is the most important person in that building. He has brought hope. He has brought confidence to a team last year. Again, I I had the Jets uh, last game of the season last year, and all the pieces are in place. Good defense, talented wide receiver, talented running back, uh, great coaching staff. The quarterback was the main issue. Now Aaron Rodgers coming in brings all the – possibilities mm-hmm. to mind and this team can be this now Aaron Rodgers goes out there and throws last week in pregame and actually looks decent doing it maybe the fastest Achilles recovery every <laughs> ever I mean the, the, <laughs> you know you can push back on Aaron Rodgers and some of his vaccine takes and conspiracies mm-hmm. and darkness retreats and all that the dude's <laughs> an amazing football player and he has brought hope and optimism to a team that was lacking that because the most critical position was unfilled they have that guy in the building even if he's not dressing he still brings that hope optimism and belief to them Kimberly's a sister of mine a friend of mine she's going to hate me for this but I'm with her I've seen it I've seen exactly especially Aaron Rodgers put everybody on blast in the Pat McAfee show when everybody's having at each other in the sidelines and people moaning and groaning back and forth. He said, guys, knock it off. You need to come together as a football team. And he was miles and miles away when he said that. But that message was received as if he was right there in the room with that team. And then he has not stayed away from that football team after putting that out there. I'm with you, Chad, and I'm with Kimberly Martin. He's definitely the most important player, even though he's not anywhere near to being on a football field anytime soon. Last but not least, Chris Carlin. Carlin versus Joe host with Joe Fortenbaugh every day on ESPN Radio from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. He says he loves Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions, but he doesn't like him like him. Those numbers to me are going to have to be eye-popping the rest of the way to really give him an opportunity because he is fighting against past perception. He is fighting against the story that continues to be Tua and how well he is playing but also the fact that there have been so many doubters around him, right? So there's going to be a little sentiment there to vote him in front of a golf. And he's also fighting against the perception of Patrick Mahomes that you and I both know this has not been Patrick Mahomes' best season so far. No. It hasn't. But we also know that Patrick Mahomes is always going to get the benefit of the doubt. Waiting until you hear Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman's answer to that about if Jared Goff is really that MVP quarterback and what that, means, what that could mean for the Detroit Lions. That's next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I want to know if Chad Brown is drinking that Detroit Lions Kool-Aid. Now, for those with that blue Kool-Aid, it's good going down, but it's not good when it gets there. I wonder if the Detroit Lions are that same place where it's good going down so far, Chad. But I wonder if it's going to stay there. Are you a believer? Not so much in the Lions. We're about to play the Ravens. Should be an out-of-side ball game. Never thought we would say that in a million years. Not on Thanksgiving. Lions and Ravens, an out-of-side ball game. That happens at 1 o'clock this Sunday on Fox. Are you, are you starting to be along that line thinking, yeah, that, that team is not just legit in the NFC, but maybe legit enough to get out of the NFC and get to the Super Bowl? 
it's a little bit early for Super Bowl conversations. Now, the Detroit Lions, are they for real? There's no doubt about that. What they've done uh, with their coach and their culture and, and all that is, is really off the charts because it has been by a force of personality mm-hmm. that Dan Campbell has moved this entire organization forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have tremendous respect for Matt Patricia. He was my linebacker coach when I was in New England. Uh, one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. The fact that he was going to be an, you know, an aeronautical engineer mm-hmm. before he became a coach, his smarts shows up all the time. But he wasn't able to get things going right. in Detroit, trying to be a little bit too Belichick Jr. out there and mm-hmm. some other issues. Um, so when Dan Campbell comes in and talks about biting knees off at press conferences, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is one of those hires where they went opposite. Well, here's the smart guy, Matt Patricia. Let's go with the – a little bit more Cro-Magnum kind of guy over here at Dan Campbell. <laughs> and there's a place for that in football. There's no doubt there's a place for that in football. Right. But he has brought a, a level of intelligence and toughness yeah. uh, and physicality and team mindset and all those things that you want. And, you know, th- while Dan Campbell may come across sometimes as a Cro-Magnum, he's a smart football guy. He's been yeah. – coached uh, and been on coaching staffs with some of the best coaches to ever do this. And the, all that's shown up for the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Goff is a very trusted caretaker with that offense, yeah. and he's become a little bit more of a playmaker this mm-hmm. season as well. Yeah. They've been over to uh, been able to overcome guys being knocked out with injuries. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, all these guys, they find ways to get it done. Uh, so there's a certain resilience to this team that I admire as well, but I think it's a bit too early to mm. say Super Bowl contender just yet. Yeah, same thing with Jared Goff being the MVP because there's still miles to go before we can have that conversation, put that conversation to sleep. But I'm happy for him because people said he was not going to be that quarterback anymore, that he was a product of the system of the Los Angeles Rams, that Sean McVay made him more than the other way around. Not saying that that was wrong, but I'm glad that he's been able to get past that and be an even better quarterback with the lines, what I've seen so far, especially this year compared to this ending tenure with the Los Angeles Rams. I can't wait to see what it's going to look like when all of a sudden the Detroit Lions became a team that people circle on their schedule. There were still questions about that coming into the season, chat. Now there's no question. That's a team you got to deal with. And the Ravens know exactly what that's going to look like. They're in a position where the Lions want to be, being the hunted instead of the hunter. And the schedule sets up. The last 10 games, four teams on their schedule are at 500 or above. So the schedule sets up a little bit, even in a rough and tough National Football League. But I want to see how they handle being the hunted and not the hunter. You can say, man, we can't wait to catch that team. But when you're in that box where people are trying to catch you, I want to see how Jared Goff, also their coach Dan Campbell, and everybody else handles that because we have not seen this at any time in the last 25 years regarding the Detroit Lions. I think you put it uh, perfectly there, Freddie. It's a difference between being the hunter and now now you're the one being hunted. When teams start to circle your game on the schedule, when they do extra work during the week because they're playing the Lions, that's something the Lions organization hasn't faced, to your point, in 25 years. So how do they handle this transition from being the hunter to the hunted? We're going to find out in the next four or five weeks. That'll be a grown man game on Sunday. If you're a young boy, that's not for you. Lions-Ravens, going to be a lot of fisticuffs and punching in the face kind of football involving both of those physical teams can't wait to see that game at one o'clock eastern time on sunday that game happens on fox chad brown in for harry douglas i'm freddie coleman on freddie and harry it's time to make sure that by the time monday rolls around you got more money in your pocket best bets come your way next on espn radio and the espn app this is the freddie and harry podcast on espn radio And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. By the way, Progressive Insurance, they make sure you save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. All you have to do is visit Progressive.com. We love this part of the week because each and every Thursday around this time, it's time to put some money in your pocket. This way you're a lot richer on Monday than you were on Thursday. Nobody does that better than Aaron Dolan, ESPN yes. Sports betting analyst, joining us in studio each and every Thursday. Hit her on Twitter, Aaron K. Dolan. And now 
I don't have to hear any grief from her because both my teams won this week <laughs> and her Eagles lost this week. I For know. the first time since you stopped by, I had the upper hand finally. I know. Finally you do. I mean, that was terrible. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts interceptions. It, it wasn't looking pretty. But the first half covered for me, so I was happy about that. See, it, it, that, was my, that was my best bet. Everyone was, like, hyped up about that. I was like, can't trust him in the second half. Yeah, that, <laughs> and you turned out to be right about that. So speaking of second halves and first halves, we got the Jaguars taking on the Saints tonight, Thursday mm-hmm. Night Football. Saints have been up and down, but they're a two-point favorite in this matchup. Mm-hmm. What say you about this matchup tonight? So I feel like in terms of the spread, it has been moving around. It opened um, Saints minus three, moved down to a pick on Sunday, then moved now to, like you had mentioned, minus two and a half. But the Saints are 0-6-1 in their last seven games as a favorite, just Ooh. as one of the trends to note. I think if you're going to play this game, you just take the Saints outright. I'm really concerned about Trevor Lawrence. I know the Saints offensive line is dealing with a ton of injuries, but at the same time, I feel like this will be a tight, close game. And if Trevor Lawrence isn't able to play in this now his props are going up they're coming down they're going up they're coming down so it's going to be interesting to see even if he does come in what if he's you know not looking good through the first two quarters you might as well pull him it's a short week so if I was playing into this game I'll just take the Saints outright it's more of a gut play than anything Um, they also have the home field advantage again offensive line banged up but you know it feels like a coin toss here all right Aaron this uh, over under tonight the total is 40.5 feels low to me are there any bets on the total that you like yeah so unders have been absolutely crushing it they're hitting at 60 percent through the first six weeks first six weeks of the season which is the most since 1991 not wow. to mention the Saints have gone under their total in 12 straight games which is the longest active streak in the last 35 seasons okay uh-huh. it's absolutely insane so unders have been crushing it last week by the way they went 12 two and one. Insane. But in terms of this, I would rather look at the first half and go under 20 and a half points. The Jags are five and one to the first half under the season. Saints four and two to the first half under. This total's been moving around 42. It opened up, came down as low as 38 and a half, back up a little bit. But with both these offensive lines experiencing these issues, slow paced, I don't expect them to do much. And both have red zone efficiency issues. So I, again, think the first half, I'd rather attack that at 20 and a half than play the game total. By the way, Edward of ESPN NFL Inside, he says that Trevor Lawrence is expected to play tonight against the Saints, even though he has that knee sprain. But according to Edward of ESPN, that he is expected to play tonight, even though Jacksonville ranks last in the NFL in pass block win rate at 44%. Aaron Dolan in the studio. It will be very interesting because being compromised and all that, I can't wait to see how that's going to look tonight. Aaron Dolan does a great job as always. The ESPN Sports betting analyst hit her on Twitter at Aaron K. Dolan, joining Freddie Coleman and also Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Speaking of player props, now mm-hmm. that this news has come down, <laughs> yeah. what kind of player props in addition to that has your interest and has your antenna going, okay, keep an eye on that. So before I get to my best bet, I was waiting all last night and today for Trevor Lawrence interception prop to go up. It will not go up. Books will not post it. They're posting Derek Cars. They will not post Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> but I do think the Saints could get at least one off Trevor Lawrence if they end up putting that line up, so you have to monitor that. But my best bet's going to be Jags kicker Brandon McManus over one and a half field goals. So he's been able to hit over this in three or six games, but again, this comes down to the Saints defense being one of the toughest that they're going to face this season. Right. It's also like one of those true road games. I mean, they played two games over in London, obviously, that you're factoring in, but it just... Again, Trevor Lawrence is injured, or tweaked knee, I should say. Who knows how long he's going to be in. Just rely on your kicker. I know it sounds crazy to like be okay. deep diving into these numbers and taking a kicker prop, but I have a lot of friends that have been cashing out on kicker props lately. So Brandon McManus over one and a half field goals is going to be my best bet for this game. Okay. Okay. All right, first six weeks of the season are in the books. Aaron, coming up on week seven starting tonight. What are some of the betting trends for the NFL that you've seen in the first six weeks? So like I mentioned, unders cashing like crazy. Yep. So mm-hmm. you'd think the books are going to adjust. So like, for example, week one, unders cra- cash like crazy. Week two, overs went 13-3. and three. So you think it starts, you know, leveling out somewhat. They started raising some of the lines. This week, all the lines are pretty low again, which is quite interesting. But okay. again, unders are ca- cashing 60% of the time, which is crazy. Worst against the spread teams. Carolina hasn't covered a game. Denver has not covered a game. Oh, They've been boy. terrible. Best over teams, Chicago, Denver, Indy, Miami. Best under team is the Saints, who will be playing tonight. 6-0 to the under, as I mentioned. 12 straight games that they've gone under. Yeah, wide open NFL, not wide open this year when it comes to betting and scoring <laughs> lines. No doubt about that. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. One of those teams off the fast start, the Detroit Lions at 5-1. and one. Everyone's obsessed with them. I can't. I wish people could have seen like, the look up, on Aaron's face. The minute I said Detroit Lions, like, oh, boy. Please, no more about the Lions. But what what kind of action in terms of do they actually have a shot of winning the NFC this season based on what you've seen, what you've heard, betting lines, rumors, no. et cetera? 
I'm cutting you off. No, they don't. They're not going <laughs> to win the NFC. Everybody's hype on the Lions. I understand why. They also have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. So they might be Only able to, let's say. Only 500 above that they play out of their 10 exactly. games the rest of the so season. So they might be able to, let's say, if they even get the number one seed, for example, if something happens to the 49ers or the Eagles. When it comes down to it, the fact that they've had such an easy schedule, as soon as they get to the playoffs and face a tough team and they haven't been tested, boom, you're bounced. So, no, I don't think they're going to win the NFC. I know the odds keep coming down in favor of them. Same thing with the Super Bowl. They're down to 14-1, to which is great. Dan Campbell's now you know, the favorite twin coach of the year. Mm-hmm. They look good. They're, they're putting points on the board. Um, I know they're banged up a little bit offensively. But in terms of actually going and winning it, like if you put the Detroit Lions right now against the Eagles or you put them against San Francisco 49ers, I'm just playing those three right. in a tier by themselves, um, they're not beating either of those teams right now. So I don't think that they'll end up winning the NFC. Despite your disgust about them. No, well, it's good um, because every show I talk, we have people talk about it, and I'm like, the Eagles are still the better team and would beat them, no doubt, in the playoffs. It's like somebody told you had to be a Cowboys fan the rest of your life yeah, no. when I said that. Because there's always those teams that people get so overhyped about. It's like, yeah, they're looking good because they're playing terrible competition. Of course their numbers are going to be looking good. Yeah. Well, okay, speaking of the Lions, J.R. Goff is in the MVP conversation. There we go. There we go. starting to heat up a little bit. Who are the favorites right now, and who do you think will win it, Aaron? Well, for, first of all, I just want everyone to know, like, I didn't think about, like, hating on the Lions today. It's just, like, coming out of me uh-huh. for some reason right now. Uh, Tua is the favorite, though, to win MVP, plus 350. Jumped over Patrick Mahomes. Fourth straight week, the MVP favorite has changed. So this right. is something that's going to keep – Bouncing around, I've recommended all season going with somebody in the NFC, such as a Brock Purdy, for example. I know they just lost last game. He wasn't great, had his first turnover of the season. But 14 of the last 18 winners have had the number one seed in their respective conference. The AFC is just a gauntlet. It's going to be difficult. And also, for what it's worth, I think the Eagles beat the Dolphins this week. So Tua might move back again. So these are, again, they're going to keep shifting and changing. So it's trying to get the best of the number. But the thing that's most important here to note is that no quarterbacks really going off. Right. There's no standout, like, That's huge true. passing numbers. Like, even Mahomes isn't racking up those stats like usual. So, this is going to be something that goes down the stretch for a while. Like, this is not a conversation where there's a clear winner. It's going to be hard to, you know, change or make another case for somebody else unless there's a huge injury. It's just, it's an evolving thing. But, no, I wouldn't bet Jared Goff. I know it's a fan favorite right now because mm-hmm. the Lions, but no. 30 seconds left. What else stands out to you in mind for this weekend? Because it's always one that will show up. You'll say to yourself, didn't see that coming, but shouldn't be surprised. Okay. Dolphins-Eagles first half over 24.5 points. Uh, Dolphins are putting up an average of 21 points in the first half. Eagles 14. I expect them to jump out in this game. Both of them put up points in the first half. Neither team is really that good in the second half. That's one of my favorite bets. Also, a random bet. Maybe nobody's thinking about this because why would you? Colts team total (laughs) under 19.5 points. I think the Browns are absolutely going to shut this team down. They only Mm -hmm. put up 20 points last week with Minshew throwing three picks, and that was against you know the Jags, not the Browns. Browns are the best defense right now. It's going to be ugly for Indy. Yeah, it is. So under 19.5 points, they're two of my favorite bets for this weekend. All right, sounds good. Always a pleasure, my friend. Take care and be well, right? Great stuff by Aaron K. Dolan, like we mentioned. Always a fantastic, fantastic on Twitter, Aaron K. Dolan. She is the ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. She's here each and every Thursday at this time right here in Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Like we mentioned tonight, Jaguars at the New Orleans Saints. That game at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Catch that game on Prime Video. Real quick, before we get to our preview, Jaguars versus Saints, a couple of you want to win about the NFL action this week and involving two particular games. Dolphins and Eagles and Lions and Ravens, part of the Dr. Pepper call on the line at triple eight say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Billy in Houston, what do you got to say, my friend? Hey, what's going on, brothers? How y'all doing? We are Appreciate good, Billy. Taking the good. call. Appreciate you. Hey, hey, before I, before I answer your question, I got to say something to you, Freddie, because you I don't know if you remember, man, a while back before you were on another show uh-huh. and you had a, a question about what if you were getting picked by any team or something like that? What team I do. would you not? What organization? What organization would you not go to? Uh-huh. And I said the Giants and gave the reasons. And after <laughs> I made that statement, you had like about I said the Giants wouldn't even win like five games, and you agreed with me. Mm-hmm. And we had like all these Giants fans call back talking crazy. Uh-huh. So right now, I think you and I look kind of like <laughs> teams, <bro. laughs> Billy just became the number one fan for Freddie. Coleman, I'm a fan of you, my friend. <laughs> like mine. <laughs> you know, so so look, this is my thing about the game between Miami and, and Philly. I'm not really particularly going to say it's better for either team per se, but I do believe that the win would be better for Jalen than it would be for Tua because 
of the way that their history is with him being replaced in Alabama and him having job in Alabama and Tua goes on and becomes, quote-unquote, the hero to get them a championship. And then Tua was drafted higher than he was and all of that. And then he had to go to Oklahoma to kind of show his skills and re establish his ability to play the quarterback position. And then he came into the league at, I think, what, second round pick. And he went through all of this to try to develop and come better and even did better than Tua last year. But I think as a personal thing, I think it would be a much better thing for Jalen personally as far as finally saying, you know, y'all picked the wrong person or I really should have been drafted higher than him. And y'all took him. And even with all of the talent that Tua has, I still overcame this situation and became the winner of this game. And that's just how I think about this, about both, about that team. Bill and Houston, he brought it, number one, with all that energy yep. and all those facts. Number of, two. A lot of facts. Yeah, yes. no doubt. And number two, I don't believe he's wrong because I get the sense that still motivates Jalen Hurts to this day. It motivated him when he went to Oklahoma to say, I can't be a quarterback like this in the National Football League that when I get my chance, we're going to show you. I can be an MVP candidate if everything is right for me. And now you're going to look at the other side and say, man, as much as I have a lot of respect and a lot of love for Tua, I still want to let people know that, hey, maybe just maybe Nick Saban made the wrong choice, that he should have stuck with me and maybe Tua transferred. Not maybe, he would have transferred. And then who knows how that could have looked like. I never like to go back into the past, chat and try to rewrite history or get into a hot tub time machine and change things over. But I will say this confidently, that still motivates Jalen Hurst to this day that they decided that Tua was a better quarterback no matter what he had done in Alabama before all of a sudden Tua came in that game and won a national championship with that throw to Devontae Smith versus Georgia. I would be disappointed if Jalen Hurts didn't carry that with him. I would be disappointed in Jalen that he didn't use that as motivation. Right. Every great player I've been around, heck, Monica Jordan in his Hall of Fame speech was mm-hmm. still talking about the <laughs> high school guy who his coach kept over him. He right. invited that guy to his Hall of Fame speech. So Michael Jordan in his Hall of Fame speech is still fighting battles from his sophomore year in high school. Right. That's what makes you a supreme competitor. That's what makes you a trained assassin on the field or on the court. So for Jalen Hurts to not use that as motivation would be an error on his part in my mind. Who was that for you growing up? Was it somebody Colorado, high school, NFL? Who was that one person you said to yourself, no matter what, I'm not going to let that person or that thing be an albatross that always motivated you, kept you going, those extra lifts, that extra practice time, never being satisfied. Who was that? What was that dividing line for you, Chad? Junior Seau. Junior was a year ahead of me in high school in Southern California. Okay. He played down in Oceanside. I was up in Pasadena. Uh, I thought of myself as the best linebacker in the state. Um, but, you know, the, the year before I graduated, my junior, his senior year, that was his senior year. Okay. He was the best linebacker in the state. Goes on to USC. The next year, USC recruits me. They're all in. And I'm like, well, gosh, they're going to have Junior there. What, what am I going to do? Is, is there going to be a fit for me there? Right. I end up going to Colorado. Our, our careers take different paths. Uh, at the end of our careers, we both end up New England together. Uh-huh. But even in that circumstance, um, you know, I felt, always felt like I was chasing Junior Seau. When I was a Seattle wow. Seahawk, Seahawks used to be in the same conference, the FC West, as the San Diego Chargers. And I would have a better statistical season going than Junior. But Junior would still go to the Pro Bowl. You know, I didn't jump up and pump my fist after every single tackle. I'm a quieter, (laughs) more mellow kind of dude. And I don't want to dismiss Junior Seau. He's a Hall of Fame football player, no doubt. But he was a guy I always felt like I was chasing my entire football career from high school until my very last year in the league. I was always trying to chase and somehow one up on Junior. Wow, fantastic. Chad Brown for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Jim in the great state of Connecticut, my friend. Jim, what do you got to say about the upcoming NFL weekend? Well, what I have to say about this upcoming NFL week, you mentioned the Eagles and the Finns, and that's going to be a great game. And you mentioned, and you know, you haven't mentioned it too much, but the Ravens and the Lions, that's going to be a very good game on paper. Mm-hmm. Other than that, dear God, to quote Shakespeare, <laughs> me, think of this, think of Las Vegas versus Chicago. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Washington versus the Giants. The Falcons versus the Bucks. 
<laughs> Arizona. I mean, Seattle is a good, is an all right team, but again, uh, yeah, come on, Arizona <laughs> versus Seattle, Green Bay versus Denver, and of course you have Buffalo using Bill Belichick's butt as a snowshoe after they beat New England. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jim, you sound like a guy that likes to place a wager on two on games. You sound like that guy. I like to, but you know what? I live in Connecticut. If you know the taxes, well, you you know the people in ESPN. The taxes in Connecticut. Oh yeah. I could like to. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Hey, I tell my wife, well, you know, the bills may be a little bit short because I had like wagered a little bit on the Dolphins. Oh uh-huh. God. Yeah. <laughs> Jim in Connecticut. That's been my favorite call of the week so far. Like man. If I wanted to place a wager, there's some stinky games out there. And he's right about the Lions and Ravens. That's the one that I don't want to say it's flying under the radar, Chad, because a lot of attention will be placed on the Eagles when they take on the Miami Dolphins. But that's going to be, I think it's going to be a terrific ball game, Lions and Ravens. I can't wait to see exactly a Lions team about to play a team that many people look at and say, man, if Kansas City or Buffalo don't break through in the AFC, the Dolphins don't break through, Keep an eye on the Baltimore Ravens. That if, if Eagles-Dolphins is a litmus test game, you can kind of put the Lions and Ravens, Chad, in my opinion, in that same kind of category. I think it's in that same category. And it may be the most physical football game of the season so far this year. Both teams mm-hmm. pride themselves on that. Both coaching staffs preach physicality. Uh, both game plans are based around being a more physical team. So I'm looking forward to it just from that perspective alone. You know, Is it going to be great football? You know, We'll see. Lamar Jackson's receivers dropped a ton of passes last week. Who's going to be healthy? Who's going to be up for the Lions? We'll have to see all that. But the physicality is going to be apparent and real. Yeah. And as you pointed out earlier, yes, if you've got some young kids interested in watching that game, mm-hmm. you might have to shield their eyes a few times. Yeah, the, the, that's going to be like a horror movie that you don't want your kids to see to get involved in life when it comes to life one-on-one as far as that goes. And speaking of games that I think are going to be tough tonight, I can't wait to see what the Jaguars and Saints are going to look like. I don't know if either one of these teams for real. Jaguars starting to look like that. They've now won three in a row heading into this game. But the New Orleans Saints, to me, they should be better than 3-3. Three and three. They let that game against Green Bay get away. I don't know what has gone on in other games, but there seems to be that disconnect that I did not think I would see, especially on offense. When Derek Carr, I thought he was going to be better than he has been. Five touchdowns, three interceptions. You got Chris Olave. I think he's a terrific wide receiver. They have not gotten the ball in spots to be that. Michael Thomas trying to get back. You got Alvin Kamara back. I know they've had some issues on the offensive line. But I think this Saints should be and have to look a lot better than what I've seen so far with this 3-3 three and three football team playing tonight versus Jacksonville at home. Yeah, the Saints are uh, what, fifth in the NFL in, in total defense and mm-hmm. fifth against the pass. So there's some, some talent on that Saints side of the ball. Yeah, but they have been a bit underperforming for, for me as well. So is this a Saints team that stumbled out of the block and is now getting things together? Uh, can Jacksonville withstand a less than 100% uh, Trevor Lawrence? Uh, under center for them? Is that going to be enough to get them a victory? Uh, it's certainly going to be uh, a compelling game tonight. More so for me, I want to learn more about the Saints. I think yeah. Jacksonville is legitimate. They yeah. may be nicked up with Trevor Lawrence, but the Saints I still got questions about. And the one thing I don't question with Jacksonville is their coach, Doug Peterson, because no matter what happens tonight, and we mentioned Ed Word of ESPN reporting that he's not going to be a game-time decision, Trevor Lawrence. He is going to give it a go despite having that sprained knee. If anybody can design plays on a short week and protect their quarterback to make sure he's not going to be further compromised against a terrific Saints defense, it's going to be Doug Peterson. Whatever question I have about Dennis Allen, a legendary and legion. You'll run out of screen time trying to find out those questions (laughs) when it comes to Dennis Allen. But with Doug Peterson, that guy's one of the best coaches in the league, not just in coaching offense, but coaching football and coaching people. If anybody can have a game plan to protect their quarterback, it's going to be a guy like Doug Peterson, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that guy's legit, and he's proven it a, a couple stops around the league now. So, uh, I, after the after the awfulness of of Urban Meyer <laughs> oh there in Jacksonville, for them to get a coach like Doug Peterson to right the ship, to turn the number one pick into a guy who's looking like mm-hmm. he should be the number one pick in the draft, should have been the number one pick in the draft, uh, got this team playing at a high level now, three wins in a row. Yeah, he's exactly what they needed after such a bad hire just just a couple years ago. I'm going to give you Chad's musings right now. The games that are out there, I want to get his opinion on this. Lions, Ravens, Ravens a three point favorite. Who do you like in that game? I like the Lions. I, I, I think there's a, just a bit a bit more of unevenness to the Ravens, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sold on 
Dan Campbell and what he's doing out there in Detroit. I got the Lions in this one. Steelers, Rams. Rams at home. Rams a three-point favorite. Who you like in that one? Uh, is Sean McVay going to be there on the sideline? He's well, talking about his uh, yeah. son possibly being born, and somehow his son's supposed to know in the womb <laughs> when he's allowed to come out. So, uh, you know, I've done a, a game or two without a head coach, uh-huh. and it is, a, it is a very, very odd experience right. when that happens. Um, and so it can really, you know, throw a team off quite a bit. So that factor is always out there a little bit. And then uh, for, gosh, for Pittsburgh, they got the win last week over, mm-hmm. over the Ravens, but it was in the case of the, the classic, more games are lost than are won. Yeah. The Ravens lost that game rather than the Steelers winning that game. Right. Uh, I'm with man, you. if Sean McVay's available, I got the Rams in this one, I guess. Okay. I guess what I'll say. Yeah, Buccaneers two and a half point favor versus the Falcons in Tampa Bay. Who do you like? Uh, Baker, the resurgence of Baker Mayfield has, is real legitimate to me, uh, and, and I like what they're doing out there in Tampa Bay with him. I'll go with Tampa in this one. Okay, and last but not least, the big game of the weekend, Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles, despite what happened last week to the Eagles losing to the Jets. They're still in a two-and-a-half-point favorite playing at home versus Miami, Chad. What say you? I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. Playing at home is probably the, the biggest factor there. And I, I know Miami's high-flying. I know they'll put up some offensive uh, firepower. And they'll, right burn people with their speed a, a time or two out there. But at some point, the rest of the league is going to begin to craft a defensive game plan that uh, probably based off that Buffalo game plan where that limits some of that ability for that speed to hurt you that the Dolphins have so much of. Uh, and I think tonight the Eagles will start to implement something like that, and that will be enough to get them the win. He's always fantastic when he steps in for Harry Douglas. He is Chad Brown. By the way, he'll be part of the Compass Media broadcast this week as number 11 Alabama takes on number 17 Tennessee, a little rocky top on one side, a crimson tide on the other side. Chad, always appreciate my man. Safe travels. Have a great game this weekend as well. This was a blast, man. Always fun when I get to fill in and be in the hot seat with you, my friend. No doubt about that. You make it a lot less hot because you're in that seat with me, my friend. Road to the World Series right here through ESPN Radio. Every pitch, every at-bat, every out, every run. All the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app because coming up is Game 3. Can the Arizona Diamondbacks make it a series playing at home in Game 3 versus the Philadelphia Phillies who lead this series 2 to nothing? Coverage is happening right now for Game 3 to NLCS. For Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman, this has been Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.